Well, good morning, everybody, again. Great to see you guys. Man, welcome, welcome, welcome. I think we're going to have a, a real neat uh, morning together this morning. You know, as a pastor, I get to do my fair share of weddings. And each one's special, and each one's unique, and, and, and they're all amazing. Uh, but there's, there's some that stand out more than others. And one particular wedding that stands out for me, I did years ago for a young couple named Luke and April. And it was one of those small, intimate, backyard weddings on the family farm with just a handful of family and friends. And what was really unique about this is they had both sets of their parents there, and they had both sets of their grandparents there. And uh, both of their parents have been married to each other for 30 years or so. Both sets of the grandparents have been married over 50 years to each other. And I'm just like, look at, the, look at the decades, you know, over 150 years of marriage represented. And on top of that, um, this couple, Luke and April, their, their parents loved the Lord and were followers of Jesus. Their grandparents loved the Lord and were followers of Jesus. Their great-grandparents loved the Lord and were followers of Jesus. And I think even their great-great and their great-great, I think they just carried this rich spiritual legacy. And so during that wedding ceremony in the small, intimate, backyard family setting, I got to watch the parents and the grandparents put their hands on this young couple and just pray over them. And they prayed a blessing over this young couple, that, that, the, that the spiritual lineage that they have would carry forward in them. And they, they testified to God's power and purposes in their life. And they prayed those God, for God's power and purposes to be in that young couple's life. And it was such a, it was such a just spectacular moment for me. And when I see that, when I hear about that, when I read about that, those types of moments happening, I basically have two emotions. The first is I have a happiness and admiration for them. I'm thinking, wow, this is amazing. This is, this is incredible. I, I love this. The second emotion is a little bit of sadness and jealousy for me because I didn't have that. I wasn't, I wasn't raised in a home where my mom and dad loved Jesus and my grandparents you know, loved Jesus. And, and at some point in time, they, they put their hands on me and prayed a blessing in my life. I, just, I wasn't raised in that type of environment. And so when I see that and hear about that, I get a little bit jealous because I'm like, oh, I wish I would have had that. But here's the thing. When I came to Christ, I gave my life to Christ, I was enfolded and I was grafted into a spiritual family. And so all of a sudden, now I've got all sorts of brothers and sisters and aunts and uncles and moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas in faith, in Christ. And over the years, over my spiritual formation, God has brought moments where those men and women have put their hands on me and have prayed over me and prayed God's uh, plans and power in my life. Four, four of those uh, most special moments for me are these. One, when the pastor who married my wife and I, when that pastor married Rika and I, he prayed over us. That was a defining moment. Secondly, when the, when the pastors and the elders took this young man who was going into full-time ministry and they put their hands on me when I was a young man in California and they prayed over me and they prayed and commissioned me just to do God's work. Thirdly, there was a time when I was on a retreat with about 80 other pastors, 90 other pastors, and there was a moment on that retreat where these 80 older pastors took the, the 10 or 15 of us young buck pastors at the time and huddled us up and they surrounded us. And those men put their hands on us, and they prayed a blessing over us. And they prayed God's power, and they prayed God's promises and his plans over our life. I believe those prayers have been answered so many times and are still being answered in my life from that moment. And one of the fourth moments was just two years ago. It was September 16th, two years ago, when my wife, Rika, and I got to kneel right here. 
And Pastor Rick and the elders of CVC came around us and they commissioned us to lead CVC and they prayed God's blessing on us. They prayed God's power and purposes over us in CVC. Those have been very defining moments as I look back on this concept of, of a blessing prayer. What about you? Do you have a moment when you can think about maybe it was godly family or maybe a godly mentor in your life that put their hand on you and prayed a blessing over you and prayed God's power and God's purposes into your life. I hope you all have that. If not, I think today you're going to be greatly encouraged. You know, when I'm talking about this word blessing, I want to make sure that you guys understand what I'm talking about when I'm talking about this word blessing. Because whenever you see the word bless or blessed or blessing in Scripture, it could be one of four definitions depending on the word in the original language. So I just want to run through the, those, those definitions so we know what we're talking about. The first is this, giving or bestowing of material possessions. Oh, man, they blessed me with, you know, the family inheritance, you know. And so there's the giving or bestowing of material possessions. The second that we understand is giving God praise. Blessed be the name of the Lord, right? We're giving the, the, the name of God uh, glory and praise. The third is to ask God's favor on another. And the fourth is to be favored or happy or fortunate. Uh, this especially applies to those who look to God and obey him, which uh, we're going to be talking a lot about that in the next couple months because in two weeks we're going to launch a series called Be, and we're going to look at Matthew chapter 5, and we're going to look at the Beatitudes that Jesus talked about. Blessed are those who... Fill in the blank. And so we're going to be looking at that over the next couple months. But that's another way. Now, when we talk about blessing today in the context and what we're about to see, we're talking about that third definition. We're talking about asking of God's favor on another, praying God's power and purposes over someone's life, into someone's life. And when you read the Bible, you see this kind of blessing concept demonstrated multiple times, especially over the next generation, knowing who's going to come next. Uh, here's just a few places that this kind of blessing is mentioned. In Genesis 1, of course, we have God blessing Adam and Eve. In Genesis 9, we've got Noah blessing his sons. In Genesis 14, we have the king of Salem, Melchizedek, blessing Abraham. In Genesis 24, we have Rebekah's family blessing her as she's leaving to marry Isaac. In Genesis 27, Isaac blesses Esau, so he thinks. It's really Jacob in disguise, right? But he's think he's, he's, he thinks he's blessing Esau. And then see in Genesis 28, Isaac actually blesses Jacob, um, uh, uh, Isaac um, actually blesses Jacob knowingly this time. And then in Numbers 6, 22-27, we see Moses and Aaron blessing the people of Israel. We sometimes see that blessing pop up all the time. In Luke 24, 50, Jesus has all the children gathering around him. Remember that moment? All the disciples are like, leave, the, leave him alone, leave him alone. And Jesus gathers the children and says he put his hands on them and he blessed them. This is a concept that we see demonstrated in Scripture. And as we wrap up our 18-week study in the book of Genesis today, guess what we're going to see? We're going to see Israel, otherwise known as Jacob, blessing his children. He's going to be praying the power and purposes of God over the next generation. So I'd like to look at a little bit of that moment together. So turn with me to Genesis chapter 48. Now, obviously, we can't cover Genesis 48 and 49 and 50 right now, but we're going to look at this concept of blessing as the book of Genesis is concluded. And in Genesis chapter 48, what we're seeing is we're seeing an older Jacob, an older Israel who's uh, dying, and he knows his last days are coming. And so he's starting to do the things that matter most to him. And what we see here in Genesis chapter 48, verses 1 through 5, look what it says. It says, after this, Joseph was told, behold, your father is ill. So he took with him his two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. 
and was told to Jacob, your son Joseph has come to you. Then Israel summoned his strength and sat up in bed. And Jacob said to Joseph, God Almighty appeared to me in Luz in the land of Canaan and blessed me and said to me, behold, I will make you fruitful and multiply you and I will make you a company of peoples and will give this land to your offspring after you for an everlasting possession. And now your two sons who were born to you in the land of Egypt before I came to Egypt are mine. Ephraim and Manasseh shall be mine just as Reuben and Simeon are. Let's we'll skip down to verse 8 of chapter 48. When Israel saw Joseph's son, he said, Who are these? And Joseph said to his father, They are my sons whom God has given me here. And he said, Bring them to me, please, that I may what? Bless them. Skip down to verse 15. There's a whole moment there where, where Israel blesses those two boys. And then uh, in, in verse 15 of chapter 48 and 16, here's what we see. It says, And he blessed Joseph and said, The God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walked, the God who's been my shepherd all my life long to this day, the angel who has redeemed me from all evil, bless the boys, and in them let my name be carried on in the name of my fathers Abraham and Isaac, and let them grow into a multitude in the midst of the earth. So in this moment, Joseph is hearing that his father is close to death. And with a sense of urgency, he rushes to his father and he brings his sons. I believe in this moment he was probably hoping for the blessing on his sons. Because you have to understand the background. Joseph's sons weren't raised in Canaan. They were raised in Egypt. And then Jacob came to Egypt. And so there's a little bit of a disconnect there. And I think uh, he's hoping that somehow these two boys that were born to him in Egypt will somehow be grafted in and folded in. And that's exactly what we see take place here. Because not only does Israel bless them, and pray over them, he formally adopts them. He says, Ephraim and Manasseh are mine, just like my other boys, just like Reuben, just like Simeon. They're not my grandkids, they're my sons. Which means that those two boys were enfolded into the tribes of Israel like that. The tribe of Manasseh, the tribe of of, um, Ephraim. And so we see that the inheritance of the land is given during the time. They, they get some, which is really interesting. And so we see that. But Jacob's not done blessing because he's got other sons, doesn't he? And I'm going to spare you the lengthy read of Genesis 49, but look at the first two verses with me. In Genesis 49, it says, Jacob called his sons and said, Gather yourselves together that I may tell you what shall happen to you in the days to come. Assemble and listen, O sons of Jacob. Listen to Israel, Father. The elderly Israel calls for all his sons with a sense of urgency, with a sense of significance, and then systematically gives each and every one a specific blessing. You'll see that as you read through Genesis 49. I encourage you to do that. Now, if you read through all this in Genesis 48 and 49, as you look at this concept of the blessing, the one thing you'll notice is the constant emphasis is on God. The constant emphasis is on God. Note how Israel even begins his series of blessings. God Almighty appeared to me. And then look at all the times God is mentioned in Genesis 48 and 49, over and over and over and over. And we know that because God is the source of blessing. God is the one with, of anything that true value will come from. Our effort to bless someone, our effort to pray over someone is hollow without being centered on God. And when we pray God's purposes and power over someone in a blessing, we're asking God to do it. We're asking God to do it. And so as you observe instances in Scripture where people are blessing others, we see a few commonalities. And I want to touch base on these. These are in your notes. 
uh, the few commonalities that we see, and it's kind of a guide for us to think of when we're considering praying a blessing on others, is this. We give a blessing with intention. We give a blessing with intention. Israel was very intentional about what he did. He made the effort to sit his aging, frail, dying body up in bed and to call his sons. And there was a sense of urgency and significance in his action as he blessed these boys. It was important to him. And because it was important, he made it something very intentional. Now, if you're a parent or a grandparent in this room, you might be thinking, and I encourage you to think about this, how are you intentionally planning on blessing the next generation of your family if you haven't already done so? What letter are you going to write? What moment are you going to have? What meal are you going to share? What rite of passage are you going to invite them to? Where's going to be that moment that your children or grandchildren are going to remember the ways that you blessed them and that you imparted God's best for them, that you prayed God's power and you prayed God's purposes over their life? When we pray our heart's desire in the Lord over others, it's going to be something that we do with intention because it's important. The second is it's going to be something of intuition. Intuition. Israel prayed these blessings in light of his personal insights for each son. He spoke of what he knew of them. And some of those traits were good, and some of those traits were bad. You're going to look at some of those blessings in Genesis 49 and go, I'm not quite sure that was a blessing. (laughs) Because he, he spoke of what he knew about his sons. And when he prayed God's you know, power and purposes in the life over them, he did it with an intuition from his own personal observation. When you pray over someone you know, a family member or someone that you've been spiritually mentoring, you've been observing their life, and so you have these insights into who they are. And you have to keep that in mind as you're praying for them. So for example, if you're praying over somebody, and you're praying a blessing over them, and you know they're stubborn, you got to say, you know, Lord, use their stubbornness. Let them be stubborn in the right way. Let let them be stubborn against sin. Let them be stubborn for the things of God. If if you know they're insecure and they're timid, and you're praying for them, say, Lord, raise up courage in them and boldness in them. And and let them use that that shyness in a way that will still glorify you. You have this insight, this intuition into who they are, and that's factored in when you're praying for them. And so when we're praying a blessing, it's a thing of intention, and it's a thing of intuition. Also, it's a thing of inspiration. God gave Israel supernatural revelation about each son. So, therefore, his blessing articulated God's greater plans. Now, we might not have that same prophetic, spiritual, authoritative connect that Israel did, praying over the tribes of Israel, but we have the Holy Spirit living in us. And a lot of you have experienced this, if you're people of prayer, that when you've been praying for somebody, God gives you some sort of inspirational understanding, a download, a revelation about something going on in that person's life. I would just say that when you're praying for people, when you're praying God's power and purposes over life, you've got to be ready for the inspiration because God might just say, pray this. And you're thinking, God, that makes no sense right now. You just got to trust the Lord. And pray the way the Lord leads your heart as a follower of Christ, because the Holy Spirit's trying to guide your heart and flow your heart toward how to pray for them. He brings an inspirational element to what you're doing. And so you have to be thinking about that. And because all blessings come through God, and since a prayer of blessing is dependent on God, then we want his voice in the mix. We want his inspiration in the mix. Now, when it comes to blessings, what we're talking about here is really a spiritual blessing, right? Because material blessings are nice. Um, you know, they're, they're good to have. It's good to have material blessings. It's good to have uh, uh, physical blessings. 
but nothing surpasses a spiritual blessing because that's what really lasts. Everything else is temporary, right? You could get physically blessed, materially blessed, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to fade. It's going to be gone one day. But a spiritual blessing, and that's eternal. When people pray God's power and purposes in your life and as you're a follower of Christ, those, those are things that are eternal and last. And so a prayer of blessing is intention. It has uh, intuition. It has inspiration. And as a follower of Christ, we've been empowered to pass on a godly legacy to the next generation. We have the opportunity to bless those who will live for Christ and serve him after us. And so if you're sitting here this morning and you are a follower of Christ, you're probably processing when you received such a prayer or blessing. Or you may be processing how you will bless or impart a blessing to others. Well, one thing we need to be clear about as we're talking about this is you cannot pass on what you do not understand and you cannot pass on what you do not have. Because when we're talking about a spiritual blessing, an eternal blessing, it's only going to come through Christ. It only comes through knowing, believing, and following, and having a relationship with the living God through his son, Jesus Christ. And so it's required. To have a spiritual legacy, a spiritual blessing needs to happen through Jesus. Think about these verses, for example, Galatians 3.14. So that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham, the one that we've seen all through Genesis, might come to the Gentiles, those who are non-Jews, myself and many of you, so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. The blessing that God gave Abraham, that spiritual inheritance, comes through faith in Christ. So only through Christ do you receive that spiritual blessing. In Ephesians 1.3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has what? Blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing blessing in the heavenly places. Jesus Christ is not just the ultimate blesser. He's the ultimate blessing. See, God loves us so much that he sent his son, right, to die on the cross for our sin, to raise from the grave, to show that he could forgive us of our sins and provide eternal life for us. This is a blessing. And everything we're talking about, the ability to pray this way, the ability to understand this is all something that has to come through Christ. And so some of you are sitting here and you're thinking this whole blessing and praying God's power and purposes thing sounds really good, but you don't have a relationship with Christ yet. That's your first step. You've got to get in a relationship with Christ. If you want a spiritual blessing, you, 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 want, you want to have the power and purpose of God in your life, you, you've got to be in a relationship with Christ. And so really your next step, even sitting here, is to say, I've got to come to a place where I'm saying, God, I believe that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for my sins, that, you, that he rose from the grave, and that only through Jesus my sins will be forgiven. I believe that, and I want to be in relationship with Christ. Come into my life. You can, you can say that. You can pray that here this morning before you even leave. But for the rest of us who are followers of Christ, you know, we've talked about this whole concept, and this is kind of the take-home concept, is that a blessing is this prayerfully speaking God's purposes and power over someone's life, if that's the case, some of you are sitting here going, like myself, when I've been in those moments like that wedding I talked about, going, I don't think I've ever had that. I don't think I've ever had that moment. See, the ideal structure for this blessing is the family unit. The grandparents pray a blessing onto their, you know, their kids and their kids onto their kids and their kids onto their kids, but because of death, because of sickness, or because of a break in the spiritual legacy, some of us haven't had that opportunity. And so what happens in that moment? Well, again, God provided the family of Christ, the church, I think, to step in in those moments, just like he did in my life, just he did in many of your lives. 
And so really, as we're, we're concluding this time, and this is where it's going to get a little bit, you know, some of you are going to love this, some of you are going to hate it. I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, church is not a class. Church is a community. And as a church living in community, there's things that we do that are more organic and relational in nature. And I want to invite us to close out the book of Genesis doing something that we've seen demonstrated here in Scripture for us, and that is this. We're going to pray for some of you who feel like as you look over your spiritual formation, as you look over your spiritual journey, you've never had this moment. You've never had a moment where uh, a grandparent, a parent, a spiritual mentor just prayed God's power and purposes over your life. And some of you are sitting here going, that's me, that's me. Well, you know what? We're going to give an opportunity here in a second to just pray over you, that the, that the family of Christ here can just pray over that need in your life. Now, for those of you who need Jesus first, this isn't for you yet. My encouragement for you is to maybe spend this time praying and asking Christ into your life. Or maybe before you leave today, you can go to a prayer cove and talk with someone and say, I need Jesus. I just don't know what the next steps are. And they can lead you through that relationship with Christ. Or you can take your response card and you can say, I need Christ or I'm praying to receive Christ. And we'll follow up with you. We'll tell you how to grow. But right now, I want to reserve this moment for those of you who are followers of Christ but feel like when you read this stuff, when you hear this stuff, you kind of go, I'm a little sad and jealous because I've never had that. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, what's about to happen has nothing to do with CBC or nothing to do with the people that are going to be participating. It's all about God. We're just trying to step in and, and, and um, be a, a conduit for God to do something in your life. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to invite everybody to stand up. Everybody stand up. Like, wait, this is a normal church. Yeah, it is. You just don't know that yet. Everybody stand up. And, and here's what I'm going to do. As, uh, as you're standing up, if if you have never had this type of moment in your life, and, and you, you can be sitting here and you can be, you know, 50, 60, 70 years old and feel like you've never had that moment, it's okay. So whether you're young, whether you're older, it doesn't matter. This is a moment of going, I desire to have a spiritual authority. I desire to have a family of Christ, somebody to just pray God's blessing over me. I didn't have a mom and dad who loved Jesus, or maybe they, they did, but this just never happened. You know what? This is an invitation. It's not an obligation, but it's an invitation for you to just be prayed over. And I've invited a couple friends up here. This is Jerry Hale and Doug Back. And, and I invited them intentionally because, um, you know, typically this would be a pastor on staff or an elder. Jerry and Doug are followers of Christ. They're imperfect people that need Jesus just like everybody else. They're, they're faithful members of our family. And so they're one of you, in a sense. <laughs> just faithful followers of Christ. And, and in a minute, they're going to they're gonna pray over some folks. And so as you're here this morning, this is going to take some courage and boldness on your part. If you desire to be prayed over, just like you saw demonstrated here, and just like I mentioned, I'm going to ask you to come, just come up here right now. Just come, make, just come around this platform. Okay, I know a few of you are thinking, and you're just like, uh, come on up. Just come on up around this platform. And if that's you, just come up around this platform. Just, if you're in the balcony, don't chicken out. Come on down. Just come on down. We're just doing church here. If this is something you've never had in your life, this is something you know God's calling you to do, you know this is something you desire. I'm going to ask you to come. Come close and just kind of circle around. There's no, this is, there's no right or wrong way to do this. And as you guys are coming, I'm going to talk to another group of people. I want to talk to you if you're a mature follower of Christ. If you're a man or woman of God in this room, I need you right now. And what I need you to do is I need you to get out of your seats and come up and put your hands on these people. I want you to come because we're going to pray for these people. And we're going to pray God's blessing over these people. We're going to pray God's power and purposes over these people's lives. And so some of you come forward, some of you men and women of God, that just, you know what I'm talking about, and God's leading your heart right now. 
And we're going to have this moment that we're just going to pray for these folks. And so uh, you guys ready to do church all over here? <laughs> you guys ready to do some, some praying? So we're going to pray. And right now, this is for all of you. I, for, I admire you guys to have the courage, the boldness, the insight, the obedience, the willingness to respond to what God's put in your heart. And my encouragement to you is that this is a defining moment. Just as I said back, I had four moments. Man, my, my wedding, when those pastors and elders prayed over me up on that retreat here, you know, a couple years ago, let this be a moment that when the devil tries to knock you down, when the devil tries to disqualify you, when you're fighting to be a spiritual warrior in your life, you can say, you know what? I remember a moment when I was with my family in Christ at CVC, and they put their hands on me, and they prayed for me. And they prayed God's power over my life. And they prayed God's purposes over my life. And they prayed a blessing for me. Let this moment catapult you into a whole nother level of faithfulness to your Savior who died on the cross for you and rose from the grave. Amen? Amen. All right. You guys pray for us, please. Heavenly Father, you are so holy, holy, holy. Lord, we invite you here right now with your Holy Spirit, that you would rain down on us, Father, that your power and your glory would rain down on us in a more powerful way than we've felt in a long time, Father. We desperately need you. We are nothing without you. Father, as, as our family, as our church family has come forward for a blessing, Father, um, Lord, speak through us, Lord. Um, speak your truths, Father God. Um, Lord, you tell us in your word that we inherit a blessing. Mm. Father, just like um, Ephraim and Manasseh inherited a blessing, Father, um, it was nothing that they did. It was that it was your mercy and your grace that they inherited it. And they weren't even the sons of Jacob. They were grandsons. And yet your power went through them to inherit a blessing. And Father, your word says that we were created for this purpose, to inherit a blessing. You've told us that in your word. We inherited it. It's nothing that we did. So Father, we come clean before you that we don't earn it. We don't earn the inheritance. The inheritance is given. And so I pray over my brothers and sisters that are here this morning, Father. Um, heal their hearts, Lord. Give them Holy Spirit power as they live out their Christian faith. Anoint them afresh this day, Lord. Let your oil anoint them afresh. Fall down on them, Lord. Show your mercy and your grace. Lord, I speak power over these people. I speak your power over these people. And Lord, as they, as they interact with their family and with their children, with their spiritual children, even if they don't have any biological children, Father, you've placed other people in their lives that look up to them. And so I pray these blessings over them, Father God, that they would um, pass on a blessing also, Lord, that you've given us this blessing to pass on, like Pastor Chad said, to be that conduit, Father. 
Lord, let them receive your love and abundance this day. Father, I ask that you would enlarge their territory, that the people that they know at work, the people that they know at home, um, the people that they live next door to, that you would enlarge their influence and they would see the glory of God happen and know that, God, it's nothing I've done. It's through you. And that they would be amazed at what God would do in their lives. Lord, help us to see your glory. I pray over everyone here, our whole family, Lord. What a blessing it is for our family to be united together today in this way. Father, as you um, blessed your people, help us to see the blessings that go forth from us, Father. Lord, use us in every situation, whether we're homebound, um, whether we can be out and have a lot of influence over people. Um, Lord, I pray that that blessing and that power Lord, if we've failed you, Lord, you say that you wipe away those sins. You wipe away those. You say that um, as a heavy mist, you wipe away our transgressions as in a thick cloud. You forgive us. We receive that today, Lord. We receive your forgiveness. And this day, we're going to go forward in power and in strength, but not in our own. Not in our own. And not to us, O Lord, be the glory, but to you be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus. So, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this, uh, this most holy moment. Lord, as I stand here and look out at all those who have come up front, Lord, I'm, I'm so thrilled, Lord, to just be a part of this. Lord, to see your people come forth in humility, asking for the Holy Spirit to do great things. So as I look back over this series, Lord, and I think of the life of, of, of Jacob, Lord, we know that Jacob had an unquenchable desire for God's blessing. And we know that Jacob as he learned in life, where the real blessings came from. Lord, he had the courage to be able to impart that blessings to his sons. Remember how he fought with God and man. So Lord, this morning, standing before you today are, are your sons and daughters. And it is their desire to have, an, have a blessing imparted to them. Hallelujah. I think of the psalmist, and he writes, Let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them, that those who love your name may rejoice in you. For surely, O Lord, you bless the righteous. You surround them with your favor as with a shield. So, Lord, I do pray 
your favor over these people today. How many times have we read in the book of Genesis that the favor of God was upon Joseph's life even when he was in prison, even when he was a slave in Potiphar's house? So I know there are some here today in our midst that that just like Joseph feel framed, they feel forsaken, they feel forgotten. So Lord, bless these folks with your presence today. Remind them that when they pass through the waters, you will be with them, that you will never leave them or forsake them, that as they wait on you, they will gain new strength. And though they stumble, they will not fall. I would also ask, Lord, that you bless their time, their talents, and their treasures as they surrender their lives to you on a daily basis as a living sacrifice. The Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Colossae, asking that Christ's followers be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, blessing them in every good work and in everlasting knowledge of God. So, Heavenly Father, today I pray that you would grant such blessings to these people today, God, that you would grant them even a greater knowledge of you, give them a greater spiritual understanding. And now may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. God, right now we pray for anyone in this room that isn't right with you, God. They've never placed their faith in Jesus Christ. They've been trying to get to heaven through good works. They've been trying to get to you through being a good person, God, and they just realize they can't do that. God, you would flood them with the understanding today that they need Jesus. And they would have an understanding that of the cross as a symbol of the forgiveness of sins, that they don't have to work so hard because you did all the work. And God, they would have a picture of the empty tomb which shows the power and the authenticity of Jesus to forgive sins. And right here, right now, if that's you in this room, you say, Jesus, come into my life. I believe in your death on the cross. I believe in your resurrection from the grave. I believe the only way to have forgiveness of sins is through relationship with you. And right here, right now, I take that first step of faith. I don't have it all figured out. I don't have all the answers to all my questions, but Lord, I have enough. But I know I need to take this first step. Come into my life. I commit to follow you starting today. In Jesus' name. God, we dedicate all these people to you. Bless them and put your hand upon them. And God, may they be faithful to you to the last breath or until you part the skies and come get us. In Jesus' name. We all said, amen. Would you guys give God praise? Would you guys give God praise?